0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: We were so close to making a little listenership ladder this week. But I got to tell you guys, I am not even the tiniest bit disappointed. It has been an awesome week so far here on Fantasy NBA Today. We have officially hit the mega ramp up. I can tell because I religiously stare at how many listeners are uh, checking in on the podcast. So welcome to the show, everybody. Fantasy NBA Today offseason episode number one hundred and twenty four question mark. I don't know. We're going to be talking to Jared Johnson in a couple of minutes here on today's show. I am your host, Dan Bespris. I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter. With so many of you checking back in right now, I would once again say, please do follow me on social media. I will be doing so much on Twitter. And a lot of folks that are listening that already are following can attest to that. Quick hits, breaking down the night, things that we're watching for so we can stay ahead of the curve in between podcasts it's again at Dan Vespers D A N B E S B R I S it is also a big mega promotional offer day and i got to get this to you right at the front end of the show i'm sorry i know you want me to you want me to dive right into the fantasy but i can't today because you guys all know the Brewski 150 came out yesterday we have a special once in a lifetime offer today Because the B-150, as you all know, is in Ethos 360 packages right now. Okay? That's one of the bundles at Sports Ethos called Ethos 360. It has full season fantasy. It has DFS. It has wagering. All that good stuff in it. And it is the first place where the Brewski 150 gets released. That came out yesterday. Nobody else is getting it for at least another four days. Most folks are getting it nine days from now. If you are even in the tiniest world considering an ethos 360 package use the coupon code brewpon which of course is a combination of brewski and coupon brewpon b-r-u-p-o-n brewpon BRUPON, and you get the first month of that package it's a six-month deal you get the first month free that is a huge huge deal By dollar amount, it is the largest coupon that Sports Ethos has ever offered, and it's available just today. So this is a one-day, Thursday only. It started yesterday in the afternoon. Thursday only deal. The coupon code is BRUPON. (laughs) I love saying it, so I'm going to say it a bunch of times. And that's all at sportsethos.com. You get access to the Brewski 150. You get all the draft guide stuff, all the in season fantasy stuff. You get DFS. You get our sports betting division, which, again, if you've been following those guys, you've made more than enough money to get all of this stuff even without a Brupon, but now you can get it with one. Okay. Ram that down your throat. Dan's doing his job. Today, again, we're we'll going to be talking to Jared Johnson, uh, who drafted out of the eight slot in the industry mock we get into some of his picks he actually went a little older on his roster so that's kind of fun uh i also on yesterday's show i mentioned i wanted to talk just for a second this is quick stuff on yahoo's rearranging of the board once again they moved their x ranks around late last week and then over the weekend the big one at the top of the draft in talking just at the tail end of yesterday's show i'm guessing some of you had probably already semi-tuned out was that they did finally now move Trey Young all the way down to nine and Cat down at ten. That changes things because previously, with Cat and Trey higher up, that was allowing Harden, Steph, Tatum to fall a little bit farther. Not that it was like you needed them to tumble way the hell down the board, but if you had, like, picked nine or ten, you were still sometimes having a shot at one or two of those three guys. That's probably not going to happen anymore. At least not in the majority of drafts. Obviously, there are going to be outliers where certain guys go a little early, certain guys go a little late. But on the whole, and ADPs will start to reflect this, if you have picks 9, 10, that range, you're probably now going to be thinking Trey, Lamello, Dame, Kyrie, Halliburton, that type of player. Which... Look, I like plenty of those names that I just listed off, but they are not at all the guarantees that those other names were. The Steph, who, like, on a per-game basis, him going any lower than 7 or 8 is just, like, lunacy, especially if his field goal percent comes back at all. Uh, Harden, who was going at 10 or 11, or his ADP was because of his X rank, but you were seeing him going earlier, and now they've made the adjustment to the board anyway. Joel Embiid, by the way, got moved in front of Kevin Durant, although those two guys have seemed to be somewhat interchangeable. Giannis is now up to four on the X rank, so they're kind of following what analysts have put out. That's, to me, the takeaway from this, is that the Yahoo board is now following the analyst rankings. Analysts and, like, just general draft results. Giannis has gone earlier. They moved him earlier. Harden's gone earlier. They've moved him earlier. They're no longer operating by their own initial board. They are now a reflection of what you are all doing. Which is going to remove some value. Undoubtedly. Especially if there's another one of these where they shift some guys around. Halliburton going early in the second, that removes a lot of the value. When he was remember this thing came out and he was like 27, and then it was 21, and then it was 718 or whatever it was. Now he's at 12. Good gravy. <laughs> I mean that's early as hell. Uh early second round is still mostly the same. Paul George got moved up the board a little bit. DeJounte Murray got moved back down three slots from fifteen to eighteen. So that I guess is good. Anthony Edwards is now all the way up to nineteen on the board. Freddie Van Vliet at twenty, so that kind of wipes out most of his value. His you know when he was going late twenties, that was a great spot to get him. Right at 20 is actually not all that interesting anymore. LeBron all the way down at 22 on the current x Rank board. They don't think he's playing more than 50-some-odd games this year. I think he probably gets in a few more than that this season. Kawhi at 24, so he's back into the second round. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, stayed in the second round. He's at 23. I think that might actually be a tiny bit too early for old Donnie boy. This is a weird year for me. This is a year where I might end up with LeBron James on some fantasy teams. That never happens. I never end up with Lakers on my teams. As a Laker fan, you'd think I might. But generally, I'm a very pragmatic Laker fan. And I look at those teams, and I go, this is a dumpster fire. And it still kind of is. Uh, but damn, that's low for the king. Have we moved him too far down the board? Chris Paul is up to 30. Screw you, Yahoo. But here's the thing. I know this from Twitter. People still don't trust him. They're like, oh, Chris Paul, he's an injury risk. No, he's not. At least, not. I mean, from age alone, you could make the argument he is. But Oklahoma City, he missed two games. First year in Phoenix, he missed two games. Last year, he missed 17, but pretty much all of those came on the one broken hand. Thumb, wrist, whatever the hell it was. Avulsion fracture, I think. He was supposed to miss... An additional two to four weeks, he came back almost a month early from that thing. So he ended up playing in just under the league average number of games. That was all from one injury, guys. And I know there's going to be continued slow erosion on his fantasy game as he continues to be more of a pass-only point guard. Takes his shots in the fourth quarter, still has bounce in his step, But last year, he actually had one of his worst free throw shooting years of his career. That's a number that can easily come back on its own. So even if the usage continues to, or the shots, I should say, usage hasn't changed all that much. Even if the shots continue to come down for CP3, steals are high, assists are high, percentages are glorious. uh, People don't trust him just because he's old. But if you're looking at recent history, he's actually been remarkably durable. Yeah, the wheels can come off of that any moment, for sure. But to say, oh, he is just a quote-unquote injury risk. If you're looking at what he's done the last three years, he's not. He hasn't had those little hamstring pulls or you know knee tweaks or back aches or whatever it is that that kept him out in his later uh, Clippers years and then even into the Houston time. That was the stuff that was eating at Chris Paul. But that stuff hasn't happened in three years. Jimmy Butler's at 29, so at least you got a choice of which old guy you want to go with in the third round. I used to love the third round. The board's been shuffled to a point where it's still kind of interesting, but a little bit in a different way, where now Butler and Paul, maybe they don't make it to the end of the round, but Rudy Gobert, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal is at 36, Vooch, Drew Holiday. These are guys you could look at late third Um, unfortunately, those were guys that some of them, at least you could look at even in the fourth before, but yeah, a little bit of the value is starting to get peeled back. Terry Rozier, he got pushed up to 39 on the most recent board. So yeah, who's trying to screw us there. Also Porzingis got pushed up to 43. They're coming for us, man. Evan Mobley got dropped to 46, which is really weird because he's actually been going relatively early. CJ McCollum at 47, I don't mind that one being there because I actually don't like his situation that much this season. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He's on uh, Jared's team. Um, And then as you get into the mid-rounds where X-rank doesn't matter quite as much, oddly, the changes were, I would argue, less significant through the middle area. Al Horford's still at 75. I think they could have gone way earlier on that after the, the Robert Williams news. They didn't. Not to say that you have to draft him earlier. I just think they could have gotten away with it. Um, Alperin Shengun is still at 65. They've left him pretty stationary. Christian Wood, they moved down the board to 61. Tobias Harris went up to 59. I couldn't possibly convince me of why that happened. Um yeah, Jakob Pertle moved down a little bit. So there's a there's a couple spots here in the middle range where maybe we got a little gift. But what we lost up near the top, that's, that's going to sting a little bit. Gary Trent got moved up to 88, uh, at least in terms of some of these later guys. Clint Capella down into the mid-80s as well. Kyle Lowry now into the 90s. He was going after 100 for a bit. Uh, Trey Jones is at 91. So they're making moves here on this Yahoo board, and... We'll just have to do some more mocks and see where guys are going. Uh, One of the things that I was curious about is guys like Colin Sexton and Larry Markkinen, where they would end up after this trade. Uh, Colin Sexton now is at 82, and Larry Markkinen is just outside the top 100. If you told me I could have Sexton at 82 and Markkinen at 108, I'd be much more excited about the Markkinen at 108, for whatever that's worth. But I wanted to get into that um, before we talked to Jared, because I kept promising I was going to do it, not to make him wait. Uh, sorry to the, uh, well, he doesn't know Jared and I recorded yesterday. (laughs) Uh, but yes, you guys did have to wait for the guest today just a little bit, but let's get into that right now. Today's guest, Jared Johnson. This is a really nice moment for me because I haven't had this next guest on the show in, I think three years. And it's one that I've been like secretly trying to make happen. And now we made it happen. (laughs) So jared johnson welcome back to the podcast i think i might be wrong it might even be four years you remember if it was 18 or 19 that you were on the show
0: uh i'm not sure exactly but uh pleasure to be back yeah happy to be here
1: <laughs> pleasure to have <laughs> you uh by the way you guys can follow jared on twitter at j the truth it's j a e underscore t h a underscore truth luckily you spelled truth the way there i don't have to spell it uh jared is of course over at are we calling it roto world again yet didn't i hear that it's it's sort of semi back honestly sir
0: um i am not totally uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know exactly the branding we've been through NBC a lot sports let's edge. say nbc sports edge roto world let's go with both. yeah we'll go with Be nbc safe.
1: sports edge Ed, roto world everybody knows it is roto world i mean we all grew up reading it that's the big name, but it is NBC Sports Edge. Also, whatever you want to call it, however you want to find it, Jared, you are over there. You've been doing awesome stuff with them for a very long time. But you are here to discuss one thing and one thing only. And then a lot of tangential thoughts because that's sort of the fantasy NBA Today way. But initially, <laughs> at least, it's the results from our industry mock where, I don't know, man. I feel like you needed to like burn some Kyrie Sage leaves beforehand because right after this draft was over... Uh, 16% of your team had injury news come out about them? I don't know quite how
0: you pulled that off. It was a off. cursed draft. It was a cursed mock. Uh, a very long mock. And, and seemingly uh, after I made picks, uh, literally the next day, there would be uh, a significant injury update on this player.
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of amazing because the first injury, and we'll get to the players that we're talking about in a minute. It's just funnier this way to not talk about them by name. Uh, the first one I think you did towards the end of the first day and then the news broke the next day. And then your last one, which was the tenth round pick, that was like three days later. And then his news broke the next day, also. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you timed it. Like, if you had picked Markel Fultz was the later one. If you had picked him earlier, would the news have broken earlier? Also, it felt almost like the bad news was tied to when you actually put them. on. Team. <laughs> luckily, it's just a mock draft, so no harm done. Um, but I do want to talk about your first round pick because I'm. Might actually be the most interesting pick you had in Dame. You went Damian Lillard at pick eight in. Dame dollar. Uh, yeah, and you know it's it's. I don't want to, like I I'm never gonna come have p- folks come on this podcast and and grill them. That's not my intent. And frankly, I don't think it's that completely insane when you compare him to the guys. There's like maybe one or two other guys that I might have gone there, but Dame is very much a guy who's going. What do we think? Like four picks later than you did? So it's not like the sky is falling. It's not like you took him four rounds, which you can't do with a guy going on the turn anyway. But (laughs) um, why did you go Dame at eight when, I mean, there's an outside shot. He might've made it back to you in the second round. And then there were guys like a Tatum or a Harden that were still kind of hanging around. It it seems like at least, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you have a lot of confidence in his health this year. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be twenty one plus, not available in all locations.
0: Uh yeah. I mean, feel free to grill me too. <laughs> um
1: No, I wouldn't dare. I want this is what, I want analysts to be able to sort of put their thoughts out there and give listeners an opportunity to maybe think about something they hadn't before.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I don't mind.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: I'm extremely high on Damian Lillard. Um, I I think I have him ranked uh, fifth. I think so. To me, this isn't late. Uh, to me, this was just getting incredible value. I'm not at all worried about his health. Um, prior to last season, which was a, a abdominal issue that he had been playing through for years, and it just got so bad that he needed surgery, uh, and the season was lost. Um, but before that, you know, he was he was an Iron Man. So. Uh, I, I'm not at all concerned about him. I think that he's easily going to be a first-round player. I think that he could be a top-five player. Um, and just between all these guys, you know, uh, I get that Tatum's a first-round pick, but it's a little bit boring to me. Uh, so looking at who went after Dame and who came back around to me, uh, the only thing I, I don't think that I would go with anyone. I would maybe Cap you could argue cat and certainly um, I think, I think that might be the guy that I would go with instead in wake of all this injury news uh, with centers drying up around the league. Uh, I think that that was probably the biggest weakness in this draft for me, but uh, I don't mind going Dame anytime in the first round. Yeah. I mean,
1: looking back at the last few years of Dame, when he was healthy, uh, 1920, 2021, uh I think he was number 3 by totals in both of those seasons. So it's not outside the realm of possibility he's number 5 by totals the year before that, although that was 4 years ago. Have, oh my god, so long ago when guys actually were playing like <laughs> 77 games a year. So Dame had to play 80 to be more durable than the average NBA player. Now you can get there by playing in, you know, 69 out of 82 ball games, you're clearing the league average. Uh, you know, overall on that, and this is why I said I want to go to Grilia, overall on that, I tend to agree, actually. I, I felt like he was someone who going near the turn made having a pick near the turn a much more uh, alluring proposition this year than like most recently last season where you were stuck picking from a lot of guys that you knew were going to miss 25 ballgames and you were trying to figure out which one was like only going to miss 22 instead of 40 or something like that. Uh, So this year, if Dame is in that range, you have a really nice opportunity to grab him. I'll also throw this in your direction, uh, which you didn't say, but you could have to argue your point. Dame historically has been better per game than Jason Tatum. And I know that Tatum's the young guy who's playing in every ballgame these days, but that's another argument for why you should or could go Dame at that spot. Did you consider Harden at all? It didn't sound like it.
0: Um, No, I just have... Damian Lillard ranked, like I said, five. So I I felt like it was a steal at that point. Um, uh, James Harden, I think that he could have a major bounce back year. I think that where he went at number 11, that's also incredible value. Um, Honestly, that's kind of a coin flip to be perfectly honest. But I I think I would rather have Dame um, just a better career in terms of staying healthy uh i'm not what, what's the age on those two which one's younger <laughs>
1: that's a good question i feel like it's I close
0: it, <laughs> i think lillard might be younger
1: let's i'll find this out while we're talking about the next one dame by the way is 32 we'll get harden in just i think harden is a year or two older but i'll get that in just a sec um let's talk about your second round pick while i'm digging up james harden's age which is exactly what i thought i'd be doing uh at this point of the podcast uh freddie van fleet that was at i lose track of numbers pretty quick 17 i think would be your pick coming back in the second round he's another guy who's typically going later than that but has kind of generally been in this range by value for a couple years running now um so i'm not going to ask you why you took freddie van fleet there because he's been a pretty safe mid-second rounder for a couple seasons running instead i'm going to ask how you picked between Van Fleet and a few of the guys that are going after him? Uh, LeBron is someone who's been slipping a bit this year. Kawhi went later. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, Dejounte Murray. These are guys that are going kind of in that range. I guess Kawhi typically a little bit later. What pushed you towards Van Fleet in this particular spot? Uh, well,
0: I mean, I I don't think I'm drafting LeBron or Kawhi anywhere. Um, I just. Father Time's gonna be undefeated at some point with King James, right? I mean, <laughs>
1: maybe. <right>? I don't <laughs> know.
0: I, I mean, yeah, he looks incredible. I mean, but hey, uh, he has missed a lot of games over the past four years. True. Uh, Kawhi coming off of ACL tear. Uh, Clippers have fifteen back-to-backs. That's a league high. Uh, I, I just can't do it. I think that he'll be incredible. I think in a in an auction format or salary format, uh, I would be more intrigued with him. But second round. For a guy who's who's going to miss so many games, I can't do that. Uh, Ant-Man, he's someone I was considering. But this is a Roto League, and uh, I thought just stacking Dame and Fred Van Vliet right off the top, that gives me some elite dimes. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, elite steals, uh, which is something that John Morant, another guy I would probably consider. I thought it was a little bit too early for John Morant uh, at the top of round two. Um so, yeah, I just felt like he kind of fell into my lap. Uh, Ricklein took AD right before me. That's who I would have gone with. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Uh, you got but, point guards, yeah.
1: too. You loaded up on guards here at the front end of the draft, which I know everybody's talking about the center run happening in the third round. Uh, there are a couple of teams in this that I don't think had a point guard until, like, the ninth round. So uh, yeah. that's that's that same thing that always kind of creeps up on you. Um, your third round pick was the other cursed pick and that was robert <laughs> williams who was when you made the selection i was like oh yeah that's a good one i like that one a lot and then it was like yeah. oh by the way he's not gonna play until what it was like christmas um, Yeah. so I, I mean, re- I mean, go, go ahead i mean my I mean, I was, yeah yeah tough spot I, I don't know what else to say about that one other than I, maybe i could ask you where would you consider him now
0: i think i dropped him 20 spots after this news literally after i made this pick doc texted me he's like "Steal! i'm I'm super excited (laughs) time lord round three hell yeah let's go and then and then he's out for for a while so it's Uh, it's doc's
1: fault then i think is what we're getting here (laughs) i think so yeah yeah.
0: um I, i don't think i would look his way till round five i'm not sure if i am looking his way anymore that knee injury is incredibly concerning Uh, especially the way it was handled. Uh, I have no faith in Boston's medical staff. Uh, And this is kind of where things start going off the rails, round three. Uh, Didn't take too long. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I do not – I'm not a huge fan of my draft after this. And uh, yeah, just the centers, him being one of the centers that I had my eyes on, um, there's just so few of them this year. And and it's not just – that there's so few centers is there's so few shot blocking centers. I think that in Roto leagues, we're going to see an abnormally low block total for the person who wins that category.
1: Mm, I love it. I love it. That makes it so easy to win. That's the best. That's the best (laughs) news. That's the best news of the day. Who would you have gone with here? If we had already known about Robert Williams knee stuff.
0: Uh, Well, Rudy Gobert was already off the board at that point. So I would go with. Uh, I think like, Mobley would be a little too high. Oh, Ja, probably Ja. I'm I'm very high on Jarrett Allen. So.
1: Yeah, he went kind of late actually in this one. End of the fourth round. Um, after cruising along it like a second round clip most of last year before the injury stuff. That makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, I know you do You said you didn't like your next few picks. I don't know that there's a whole lot wrong with Demar Derozan in the middle of the fourth round. It's not exciting. It's not no. Like, it's not a fun so pick, but it's pretty safe.
0: It's it's safe, and I was okay with it. That was an auto pick for me, but I did have him queued up. Uh, and you know, before Time Lord's injury news, I would I was a lot happier with this pick but with the time lords injury news i think at this point is when the center started going and i just kind of had myself on this like literally i have two centers on this team like i, I didn't do well in that department right but i still think um, i
1: think we need to analyze this based on robert williams being upright because it's not really fair to say oh well, i would have you know had i known uh, yeah obviously you wouldn't have taken robert williams there so you would have had yeah. some center in the third round so don't beat yourself up about that too much
0: yeah, yeah, so I, I like I like Demar there. I think that Demar round four is great value. Um, the top of round three is a little bit too early for me, but once you get towards the back of round three and you get into round four, um, this is an excellent player. I'm not worried about him, you know, falling off a cliff after such an incredible season. Uh, maybe his scoring takes a marginal dip, but I can't I really can't see him averaging less than 25 points a game. Uh, and then the playmaking is going to be there because, of course, Lonzo Ball's already hurt. So, uh, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, I'm a huge fan of him in the fourth round this year.
1: Yeah, your next one, your fifth round pick, which would be 56? No, that's not Yeah, that is right. Okay, I did the math right on that one. Um, CJ McCollum, he's a guy that I've been on for a lot of years. I don't really like his situation in New Orleans. I know that I've had a lot of people yell at me about um, the... The, the sort of like how they're going to run things through him. I just think they're going to run things through everybody out there. Um, so maybe a slight dip still like near 60. I don't know that there's a whole lot of distance for him to go down from that. So he feels like another relatively safe pick. Uh, not like most years he goes at 60. And then there's this thought that this guy could maybe get up like near 30 or 40. I think here maybe you go near 60 and you're thinking, all right, well, this guy's going to pretty much do what I'm getting him for. So again, pretty safe, right? Wouldn't you call that a relatively safe one?
0: Yeah, that was a safe pick. Yeah. Um, I, I I would have preferred to go with OG, who was taken right before me. My bad. Uh, I would <laughs> I would have <laughs> I would have loved to have uh, Scary Terry here. Uh, Josh took him at the top of round five. It looks like. Um, so he was kind of the like guy fallback. who was left, you know. Um,
1: He's a hammock. We'll call him your hammock pick.
0: Yeah, but I I, I don't. You know, I, I do like CJ this year. I, I have heard some uh, negative reactions about him. I'm just curious why. Uh, like, who's going to bring the ball up the floor?
1: They're going to have them all. I mean, you'll see Ingram. He'll... he'll yeah, but
0: finish. like 90%, 80% of the time, who's going to bring the ball up the floor?
1: I really think it's going to be... Fl- I think it's going to be moving around a lot.
0: Uh, I think that CJ's the point guard on this team. I think that um, he's going to get more... Probably a career high on assists this season. Um I I just, I don't see how he can be ineffective on this team. They certainly need him. Um, He's an upgrade over all the other point guards on the roster. So yeah, Yeah, uh, I'm not worried about it. Um, I'm not worried about Zion coming in and mucking things up. I think uh, if anything, Zion just helps. He just gives another guy you can throw the ball to. So. Um, yeah, I like him. Uh, do I like him better than Jalen Brunson? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure about that one, I think but...
1: probably I think if head to head, I'd probably go CJ there.
0: Yeah. So yeah, where, where he came off the board. Um, I think the only guy I would have rather had who I thought might have slipped a little bit further was Ben Simmons. And he almost he, he darn near almost got back to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right before you. I actually just talked to Alex. He was on yet. Uh, yes, he was on Tuesday's episode of the show. Um, so he, I I didn't realize that, that between talking to Alex and then myself, that's actually the sandwich around you here. Um, (laughs) I forgot I had the seventh pick until you mentioned that you liked OG. And then I realized, oh yeah, that was, uh, that was me. Uh, so (laughs) did you not like your own sixth round pick? You said you didn't really like your draft that much from this point, but you're, you're a Warriors guy. Jordan Poole.
0: Poole. I love this pick. This is, I love this pick. Uh, Jordan Poole round six. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was gonna say I, I, I
1: like this one, too. <laughs> I didn't know if you so were I'm down up. on it. Uh, there's a, there's it, a lot to like there. He's There's a lot of Warriors that are very, very old. He's not one of them.
0: No. And the Warriors are uh, another one of the five teams with 15 back-to-backs, so I think that means at least 15 starts for Jordan. And um, I think that last year it was a little bit difficult for him transitioning from a starting role to a, a reserve role, but now he's had an entire... Uh, Basically half season and full summer to work on what is expected of him in that role. And man, as a microwave scorer, I I don't I think there's few better six men in the league than Jordan
1: Poole. Yeah, I agree with you. I I, I didn't know if that was one of the ones that you weren't happy with. Or is it the next couple? Is that where you the start? next couple. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> a, I don't like those. <laughs> so Clint Capella in the seventh, Tobias Harris in the eighth. I, I do feel like I need to remind everybody every time Tobias comes up because he was the poster boy. For the Dan Baskeris old man squad for the longest longest time, but his his situation has obviously gotten way worse once James Harden went to Philly. Uh, I will say this, at least in terms of again fairly boring kind of older style players here, you didn't get them early, so that I mean that's a reason to not be as upset about it. You got Capella eighth pick of the seventh round, that would be sixty eight. I'm gonna no seven. 80 80 80 there we go i was around ahead <laughs> 80 and then, then Tobias Harris coming back i really wish that this was set up with the actual counting numbers instead of like round pick but it's okay i can i'll get this math out i can do it tobias was 80 <laughs> 89 i believe coming back so when you think about it just from like that standpoint that's not a terrible spot to get them again there's like there's no upside with capella there's no real upside with tobias harris but yeah. they feel like they feel like clean base hits up the middle baseball metaphoring. Again, I've been doing that way too much on the show, but that's like a nice <laughs> ground ball or like a shift beating ground ball where yeah. what's the worst that happens there. Is there like a round worse than where you took them? Basically. Well,
0: I, I, I just would have much rather had uh, Nick Claxton here. Uh, that's who I was really gunning for. Well,
1: you're, you're uh, NBC sports, Roto world edge. <laughs> I'll get this right. Uh, Teammate, there. That was team Dana Barrows. That was Ryan. Could now stole Claxton from you in the seven. He did. Yeah. He did,
0: and he knows all of my ranks and how I feel about these guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: Quietly um, coming after you. Uh,
0: so yeah, I, I just I don't know. Um I've been a major Clint fan for ever since he's took off on the scene. What his sophomore sophomore year or something like that. Uh, I just I'm kind of down on him this year. I feel like there's a little bit of a Uh, timeshare potential with Onyeka. He just looked a little bit of a step slow last year. Um, So this was kind of a, a, I need a center pick and it was round seven and he was the best guy there, but maybe I should have gone with Al Horford.
1: Big Al. He wouldn't. Yeah. He didn't make it back to you. That was a, that was an Alex Rickling lament um, on his hit also uh, that One of your, another one of your fellow uh, teammates over there, Jonas Nader (laughs) took him in the eighth round. So again, you can just, the call is coming from inside the building here, effectively. (laughs) Um, How late, so Tobias Harris is someone that maybe I should have spent more time on on this show, uh, other than just kind of saying that I'm, he's not an old man squad guy this year because he has taken this hit. How, how late would you actually want him? Because you said before I hit the record button that this was still too early for you. Oh,
0: man. I think that the reason I picked him was because... Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think I want him this year at all. Like, looking at who went after him, I would rather have Clark. I'd rather have PJW. I don't know about you. I'd certainly rather have Colin Sexton, round eight. That's probably who I should have gone for, but I think I was overloaded at guards at this point. Uh, I would rather have Trey Jones, who Doc keeps stealing from me. It's very frustrating.
1: Um, (laughs) Another call coming from inside the building. I think
0: I would rather have Mitchell Robinson. As much as I don't like him, it's it's around eight at this point. So if I could redo these two picks, maybe take two centers, maybe go Mitchell Robinson and Al Horford. Big Al. or, Or maybe go with Trey Jones or something. But... Uh, all these players, I would rather have all these players than than Tobias. So I, I I don't know. Um, I think that he he took a a bit of a hit with James Harden showing up last year, and James Harden's going to be even better this year. So that's not uh, great for Mister Tobias Harris. Yeah,
1: this will be the one year he doesn't go later than he should go, and that's sad. But perhaps by next year he'll be back on the old man squad. Uh, I like to combine the last three or four rounds into one sort of broad swath kind of question because it is by by the ninth round, things are starting to dry up, at least in terms of guys that are both decent floor with potential upside types. Um, and so this is where you start to see folks take some pretty big swings, and that's fun. Those are fun ones to talk about. Your swings, if you want to call them that, Uh, Anthony Simons in the ninth Markel Fultz pre-injury news pre-injury news you did not sacrifice a live goat before that pick you needed to Uh, James Wiseman in the 11th and Kelly Oubre Jr. in the 12th this is a two-part question and I am going to sort of just kind of leave the leave the floor open for you a little bit so wax poetic however you like Um, who among those four guys were you excited about who do you, if there are any regrets here afterwards, you can express those. And then perhaps the, the follow-up is, who was someone or some ones in that that four-round chunk that you were thinking, oh, man, maybe this guy will get back to me, and then they didn't. So I know, big, broad question, but have at it however you like.
0: Uh, First off, Anthony Simons, man, getting him around nine, I thought was incredible. Incredible. I'm extremely high on this guy. I think I have him ranked... Uh, I have him ranked in the 50 range. So I think that there's, he'll easily exceed that draft position. Um, I was very excited about that. Uh, Marco Foltz, I was excited about until he broke his toe. Uh, That's unfortunate. I think that this is a point guard that I, I uh, very much enjoy watching play. And uh, I really liked what I saw from him last season. So it's unfortunate that he's yet again hurt. I don't think you can draft him in this steep of a league. Um, I just don't think I would take him. Uh, James Wiseman, I picked him before we had the confirmation that Kevon Looney was starting and before Steve Kerr said that uh, he needs to find a role with the team. Not exactly <laughs> encouraging. So I, I don't think I love yeah. that last round or late round pick quite as much. Uh, I, I would prefer Patrick Williams there, which uh, Jonas took from me. <laughs> or, or not took from me, he took him after that. I like Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Um, I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, I don't think that Miles Bridges is going to play this season. So based on that assumption, uh, there's there's a lot uh, there for Kelly uh, to, to step up and, and kind of get his. Um, so I, I like that as a 12th-round pick, um, kind of shooting for the moon there. So between these last four, Simons, great pick. Uh, Uber, uh, sorry. Yeah, Oubre, great pick. Uh, who do I wish I would have got that didn't come back to me? Probably Jeremy Grant. I was letting him fall. I wanted to see where the industry had him, and it seems like the industry is awfully low on him. I was I was comfortable taking him a couple rounds earlier than ten. Um, who uh, Who else do I wish felt? Yeah, that to is
1: me? that is low. That was that was surprising. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, um, I think that Javale McGee's a sneaky little late round pick. Uh, not a ton of upside, but, you know, shot blocks, shot blocking specialist and, and blocks are going to be uh, hard to come by this season.
1: Yeah, so it does the, smell a yeah. little bit like that Lakers role, you know, the first seven, eight minutes of each half, which has historically kind of been enough for him to yeah. get that big field goal percent. And, you know, one and a half ish uh, something in that neighborhood blocks per game. And you were already talking earlier about how blocks uh, there. They're, he's not dead in the water. That's for sure, uh, especially with this weird like back and forth of Christian Wood saying he didn't know he was coming off the bench, and then Jason Kidd like I don't know, man, like I told him you'd be checking in at the <laughs> feel, seven minute like, mark.
0: So. I think that was I feel like they were joking a little bit, but maybe that's uh perhaps a warning sign that Wood is not um, exactly <laughs> enthusiastic about embracing the six man role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking that going to a contender will wake him up a little bit, but I don't know. That's that's another one of those ones where I I think that from a fantasy point, at least, I'd probably prefer to wait and see and see if it kind of gets the head locked in. Because I, I can't even imagine how hard it must have been to play for Houston last year with as many games as they lost. It was that was rough. That was that was rough. Yeah. I, I forgive him for just like leaving in the middle of a ball game. I mean, you know, I know you're not supposed to do it, but. Come on. Like, I just feel,
0: I don't know. I just feel like Christian Wood is one of those guys that, um, you know, the fantasy industry is very excited about. And in reality, he's just not able to earn the minutes he really needs uh, due to various issues, whether it's attitude issues or, or just um, playing style issues. Um, Not that their games are at all similar, but it's a little bit familiar of uh, of Roy Hibbert. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I did not think we'd get a Roy Hibbert reference on today's show. I'm th- I'm thrilled about that. Uh, but no, no, I actually agree with you on Wood. I am I'm, I'm I'm terrified to draft him. I've avoided him for a few years because then all of a sudden he just turned into a punt free throw guy overnight, where it was like six free throws and shooting forty something, fifty something right. percent. And you're going, oh my, who is this guy? And then they have issues with defense and they have issues with focus. And so the right. hope is that going to a better team will fix some of that. But I. I I'd struggle to draft based on hope. Uh, and then again, like <laughs> if he's, if he's having any issues, then what is that? That's an extra three, four minutes for JaVale McGee. And he, he churns out stuff in his minutes. You saw how he was amazing playing, uh, with Chris Paul for a couple of ball games last year when DeAndre Ayton was out. And yeah, they had like four centers that were all hurt at the same time. So they brought in Bismarck Biambo, uh, but and he looked good playing next to Chris Paul, so I I have to assume shocking. that McGee next to next to Luca will be there. Will be a few up. There'll be some opportunities there in Dallas. Um, certainly,
0: certainly there will.
1: So uh, Ho- I sorry, go ahead. It sounded like I interrupted you there.
0: No, just hopefully he figures it out. Uh, yep, uh, I root for his potential. I don't think I'll draft him.
1: <laughs> yeah, same, same. We we'll go same on that one. Uh, you are officially out of the hot seat. You can. Cool yourself off. I don't know how warm the chair got. i try to keep it air conditioned. Uh, <laughs> but you are officially out of the hot seat. Um, can we, I, you know, I, I first of all, I want to remind everybody, we're talking to Jared Johnson of Rotoworld and NBC Sports Edge. Jay, the truth on Twitter. Uh, what do you got going on right now? Opportunity to chill a little.
0: Uh, I mean, we're just pretty much completed the draft guide. That was a, a lot of work. Uh, I'm getting ready for um uh, a, a big old league that Josh put together. So uh I'm gonna run through some mocks. Well I I'm honestly confused of how this league works. It's like thirty-six <laughs> teams amongst twelve different teams. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I he uh,
1: I, I was uh, I believe I was the the joker that was like can I please jump in next year when I'm not like trying to fight to get two children to two different schools at the same time. And he was like, "It's fine, Dan. I'll I'll make sure there's a spot for you next year." It looks like there's 300 teams. Is am I did I read that wrong?
0: Uh I there's a lot of teams. <laughs> I, <don't
1: laughs> I am know. also confused. I need
0: I'm I'm a little bit confused, but I know I'm drafting with 12 other folks. I got the 11th pick. I don't hate that this year. No. Um we kind of just I could kind of draft a similar team to the one I just did with a little bit of tweaks and think I could come out with a pretty darn good team. Um, I think I might be able to get Dame. I might be able to get Halliburton, depending on who's in that room. Uh, So, yeah, just, uh, you know, getting ready for this season. We're less than three weeks away at this point. Uh, I'm excited. Excited for my Warriors to come back and uh, try to get another championship. Excited to see all these new guys come into the league. Uh, Just excited for basketball, and most of our work is out of the way for this little window, and then the season's going to get intense.
1: Yeah, you got a little (laughs) deep breath there. I'm inundated by you Warriors folks. Between you and uh, the the gentleman in this mock who had the number one pick, that's Steve, our director of content here at Ethos. You guys are just waving these Warriors trophies in my face while my poor (laughs) Lakers just Poor are Lakers. just so <laughs> disturbed. This team, oh, this enjoy team. it, enjoy <laughs> it, my
0: friend, because that, that was my entire youth, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually became a Lakers fan during the Cedric Ceballos era, so I just i want to make sure that folks know it was not like during a title run, it was like, <laughs> oh, Sedale so Threed. I guess this guy's okay. Uh, and and uh, yeah, but obviously, no, I a little bit of a tongue in cheek deal. It's just poor Lakers right now that they would trade for Russell Westbrook. What are you doing? Anyway, enjoy your trophy. Enjoy your parade. Uh, (laughs) Jared Johnson, so much fun to have you back on the pod. Thanks so much for coming back, dude. Hey, pleasure to be here. This is really a fun time of year for me. Um, I tried to figure out when I last had Jared on the pod. I think it might have actually been 2018 because we moved – podcast hosts in 2019, so that's how far back I can look, and I couldn't find it. And and that included the 2019 like run-up to the season, draft season. Although I don't... I think when he and I talked, it was actually mid-season. Oh, those are the days when I actually had time to have guests in the middle of the season. This year... Look, I'm going to be straight with you guys. I'm probably not going to have time to do many guests in the middle of this season either. My prayer, my wing in a prayer, is that next year is when I can get back to having a little more standardized time. And you're like, Dan, why on earth would you just assume next year is going to be that time? I think it's going to be next year because our younger will be three and a half when his, because he's in preschool right now, but he's only in a half day because that's a lot. He still takes a big nap in in the afternoon, but he naps one room over. So I can't be yelling on a podcast or that would obliterate the nap and anybody that has a kid knows if you screw with their nap your whole day is ruined ruined and it's irreparably done but next year if he's actually in school until 2 2 30 something like that and i get a five six hour day well then suddenly i'm not running back and forth to different places and i'm not dodging a nap Ooh boy i'm gonna miss that nap but also maybe we can make the podcast a little bit less me yelling at myself all the time two more things uh i already told you guys about the mega coupon the Brupon. you have only today to utilize that i want to mention also ethos listener leagues they are open they are filling and we'll just keep opening them until the drafts happen which i think is still about a week and a half away we're trying to push it as late to the season as we can it's going to be a slow draft though So, we got to make sure that there's at least five or six days of uh, wiggle room. Make sure they get done in time for the season to start. Uh, But again, we'll just keep opening them as long as folks keep signing up. And you are right now. So, hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. I'll hook you up with Andre. He's running them. We've got Roto. We've got head to head. We've got cash. We've got free. They are really good for testing your metal because they're competitive. So, you can get in a competitive free league kind of work your way up the board, then play in some cash stuff, whatever you want to do, Uh, those are available. And arguably most importantly of anything I've told you today, ethos is recruiting. You think you got what it takes to be an analyst, to get on the other side of this curtain? Pay no attention to the man. I was going to do a horse of a different color reference there, but that would have been super weird. Anyway, you think you got what it takes? Hit me up. On Twitter, at Dan Bespris, or email roster at sportsethos.com. Have an awesome Thursday, everybody. Tomorrow, Thunder Dan on the podcast. I've been really excited to talk to him for a long, long time. This is such a cool time of the year. So much fun for me. All these guys that I haven't talked to either in a year or four years or never. Ah, yes. The run-up season is close. Okay, until tomorrow. Hey, let's see if we can make today the most downloaded day of the offseason. What do you say? Go on Twitter, retweet something. Thanks in advance. Oh, and if you want to drop a five-star review, I wouldn't get upset at you. I'm Dan Vaspers. I'll talk to you tomorrow.